Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. All right, welcome in everybody. Another episode of the podcast that's sweeping the nation. This, this is One Man's Opinion. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for subscribing, liking, favoriting, just listening in. We appreciate all of your support passion project for us that is for sure and uh, look to just keep cranking out episodes hopefully some good quality content here today as well i got a lot of room to cover a lot of ground i don't know if i'm gonna get sideline to sideline i don't know if i'm gonna go end zone to end zone we're gonna damn near try welcome to it everybody this is episode number 176 my name is jeff Mans. you hear me weekday afternoon sirius xm fantasy sports radio Channel 87 on your Sirius XM dial. I host a show called Elite Sports from 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern time. Like I said, every weekday, also Sunday mornings, me and Bob Harris, Sirius XM fantasy football pregame show, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern time, right before kickoff on your Sunday morning. I'm also part owner and chief content officer of fantasyguru.com. All the content you want, and I'm very excited because hockey season's here. Almost here. We're a week away from NHL season, and we're just a week away from preseason NBA. We're just three weeks away from the start of the 2023-24 NBA regular season. For those who weren't with us last year, you know your boy, me, got a little, uh, got hot betting on NBA. And this year we brought in a ringer, our guy Justin Fensterman. I'm going to get fenced in on one of these shows uh, before, hopefully four or right at the start of the NBA season, talk some football and basketball with you as well. But I am super excited about our basketball product this year, and I think you guys are going to love it as well. If you're a current subscriber or NFL member, just ask us for the upgrade. All you need is to go VIP Platinum. We're offering an extreme discount to go up from just the regular NFL package to the VIP Platinum. That will actually give you all sports. That will give you all NBA, all NHL, PGA, MMA, all the special stuff that we do, like college basketball and you, you know college football and PGA and just NASCAR, of course, and everything, horse racing for the Triple Crown races and all that good stuff. So get over there, support at fantasyguru.com. Just tell them you want the upgrade, and our guy Ted Schuster will handle you over there. Follow me on social media. At Jeff underscore Mans on Twitter, the Jeff Mans everywhere else, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and on TikTok. You know what we do, NFL in season. I'm going to recap what was last week. I'm not going to dive too much into the recaps anymore. Uh, you know, always recap things that happen. We'll try to project it on forward as well. This is a great place to kind of gr- catch our breath, right? Let's take, let's all do a collective. <laughs> Nice breath. Breathing's always good for you. Opens your lungs, open your cell, oxygenates your blood. Everything is work. Everything's good when you breathe, when you calm down. All right. We are four weeks into the 2023 NFL regular season, and we are just 22%, 22.2% done. That's it. A 22.2% is a failing grade on any test, on anything that you do. Hell, even Major League Baseball with a shitty batting average. Oh, yes, by the way, this is an uncensored podcast. 
I will curse. I will talk about whatever race, religion, politics. I mean, whatever I want, I'm going to talk about. So if this isn't for you, again, a lot of options in the podcasting world. If you're listening to one man's opinion, you're you're looking to get my opinion. You don't have to agree with it. I almost urge you not to agree with it. I want to provoke you, though, into thinking. I provoke you into thinking independently, the breaking of the chains and the shackles that whatever tribalism or echo chamber you exist in, break out of it. That's all I ask from everybody out there. So, yeah, uh, breathing helps. But 22.2%, if you had a 220 batting average, it sucks even in Major League Baseball. And yes, I know the batting averages were way down yet again. Actually, not so bad this year. Um, but nevertheless, 22.2% is nothing. Nothing's finished. Nothing's over. I will prove to you that. I don't even need the full hour to prove you that, to that. I'm going to talk about last year and players that were – the bell of the ball after four weeks and where they finished. I will tell you about players that were ostracized and cut, released, not wanted, hated, benched, whatever you may call it, that became league winners for us the rest of the way. And yeah, you'll start, hopefully the light will start dawning on you that, all right, this is a very minimal start of the season. I will set it for a, for decades now. I don't give a fuck about the re- the first four weeks. This is all just, this is not even foreplay. I wouldn't even call foreplay. Foreplay is way more enjoyable. This is nothing. Nothing has happened. We gathered information. We got info. We got evidence, right? That's all that's been done. My plan of success through the last 18 years of fantasy football, I've played for over 30, but since I've been in the industry, The goal of the first four weeks, go one and three. You need one win. You don't want to be 0-4, but you can be. I'll get to that in a minute. One and three, and you are on pace. You are in. Don't worry about your fucking standings. This is why I tell you, folks, don't watch live scoring. Nothing's done. Why do you, when you take a test, college, high school, wherever it is, your last formal education, do you turn in your answers after every question? Did I get this right? Go back to your desk. Did I go out. Did I get this one right? Go back to your desk. No, nobody does that. It's fucking ludicrous. You know it. I know it. We all know it. So why are you following along, especially when you can't change anything? Wait for everything to be done. You don't need that roller coaster. You don't need that heart attack. By the way, very serious. Like some of you, uh, me too, I... I'm sure I've not been, I've had a lot of health problems. Fortunately, heart's been okay. But for those of you with heart issues or blood pressure, you're fucking killing yourself. You are literally killing yourself. Get mad after, but why take on all that extra burden? The release isn't, isn't as good. It's just relief. It's not happiness. When you wait to look at your scores till the end of the day, if you won, if you've won and you're winning, you're going to be happy. But when you are watching throughout, at some point you're going to be down points or behind or whatever, and you will likely be happy, sad, happy, sad, happy, sad, happy, sad. And it's a roller coaster of emotions that do real damage to you psychologically and physically. 
it's really harmful. And it, it's got to be stopped. You can't change anything, right, wrong, or indifferent. You just can't. Let the results play out, then go in. And if you're mad, then get mad after the results. But at least all that energy is there. You're mad at that time. You, that's three, four hours where you actually watch football and enjoy yourself. Remember that? Remember you used to doing that before you played fantasy or before you got way into it? Yeah, that was fucking great, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes, it was. Anyway, 22.2% doesn't mean anything. All right? First four weeks, just getting to know you. This is the first date. One and three after four weeks. Weeks five through eight, we want to go two and two. Right? Weeks nine through 12, want to go three and one. Weeks 13 on, guess what? That's closed then. We got to go four and oh. Why? Because that's fucking, that's the only time that matters. 4 0 now wins you dog shit, wins you nothing. You get nothing, nothing for your efforts. But if you win the last four weeks, you advanced every round, you slayed dragons, and you won championships. You won trophies and money and respect and admiration and your name etched in whatever whatever prize that your league or your contest rewards. That's the only time it matters. And if you think you're going to go start 4-0 and end 4-0, you're out of your fucking mind. It's so much better in the modern game. Think of how much changes. These teams that look like shit now are going to be great. They're going to the playoffs red hot. But right now, end of September, early October, we're, we don't see that happening because all we know is what's already happened. Let me go through it. I'm in 12 leagues. All right, 12 leagues as we stand right now. Jeff Manns, I always do a transparency, always on one man's opinion. Everything I do is transparent for fuck's sake. Fucking motherfuckers telling me I don't, I'm not transparent. No, you're going to admit Javante isn't doing well. Yeah, I admit Javante's not doing well. Fucking idiots. God damn. Do you really think I need to know? Oh, really? I don't know. I was watching Golden Bachelor. <laughs> really? You think I didn't know? Oh, what an what asshole you have to be. You have to be a world-class asshole. I know what's happening and what's not. Thank you for your concern. The only difference is I'm fucking strong like bull. And I'm not panicking like a weak pussy. Here are my leagues. <laughs> I'm in 12. Uh, well, I'm in yeah 12 that I could set lineups in. There are, I think I'm in four more where it's versions of best ball, two guillotine leagues, and you know some random where I don't set a lineup necessarily, draft and hold or best ball. Best ball, I'm in thousands of underdog or hundred. No, I should say dozens drafters and underdog and RT sports and shit like that. But uh, I'll just blaze through it real quick. Cause first four weeks. Uh, fascinating though. I have one team four and oh, four and team has not start. I have Devin, a chain, a Chan, whatever he wants to be called. Not starting once, not even once, Beep, boop. not even once. Um, by the way, my other, my second best team, uh, Scott Fishbowl team. You play two matchups per week. I'm seven and one. My first loss was this week. I won the game, but I finished 
Remember, top six in scoring get bonus wins. I finished seventh. <laughs> Still, I scored 199 points, and I was somehow seventh. Wow. But so that goes on the board as a loss. Also, Tavon A-Chain, have him, drafted him, held him the whole time, have not started him yet. Okay? Just getting better, folks. Uh, so one only one undefeated team. One seven and one. Uh one three and one. That's my podcaster league. Uh, uh and then Dynasty five and three. That's a another league where you play two matchups per outing. So we have eight results. Same thing. You win your your actual matchup, and then the top half of the points gets a bonus win. Uh, and that so that's a five and three record. And then let's see. One, two, three leagues. I'm two and two. All right. So what is that? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven leagues. So seven leagues. I'm 500. Seven leagues. I am outpacing anything that I thought. Anything that I would have thought. And then we've got one, two, three, three, one, and three teams. And so seven plus three is 10. 10 teams on pace for a championship. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah, that's what I'm talking about, motherfuckers. That is how I roll. I love it. But you're one and three. Yeah, right on pace. You know what's bet? What's better, eighty three point three percent or twenty two point two percent? Oh, math quiz for everybody. Twenty two point two percent of the season's in, but I'm on pace for a championship at eighty three point three percent. I got work to do in two leagues. I won four in two of them, including one of them is the. Uh, listener league. Yeah, that's the uh, elite sports listener league. That is, <laughs> it's a wild league. I kind of like my team in there, but I knew what to draft. It's weird. Two years ago, I got my fucking ass kicked. Last year, last year I was motivated, really paid attention. Like I was on it and won the whole league. This this year, I think the team is good. You know, I have Alvin Kamara coming back a lot of places. My teams that are struggling, it's the running backs for the most part. And, yeah, it's Javante Williams. It's Najee Harris. Those guys are the ones let me down. Teams that I start, both of them are the ones. But I've got Kyron Williams in seven of these 12 leagues. Right? And these are all drafted. I picked up nobody. I got Puka Nakoa in two of them. And I didn't, I'm not talking picked up. I'm talking I drafted them. Fantasyguru.com, man. Everybody else is picking up the players we already had. So, yeah, there's definitely some misses. And Javante's missed this week. Javante, I was really excited going into this last week, week four. He was going to have a big game. And with a big game, all of a sudden, he rises up the positional scoring boards. And again, Probably get a couple extra wins, maybe win two of those. I know both my four teams, Javante is an every week starter. All right. I've Kadarius Tony uh, started him all the way up until last week. Three first three weeks, I started him every week. And that was a mistake because I got I got Puka in one of those leagues. I missed two monster weeks from Puka. Yeah, my fault. Right. But again, I'm not tilting, <laughs> not mad. It is a decision I made that uh, I, very, very content with. But 
with uh, Javante Williams, going back to that, because I know uh, if you're listening to this podcast, Roy Kent, uh, very exciting player going into it. And I firmly believe in Javante's ability. I believe that Sean Payton running back is going to be amongst the league leaders in scoring. There'll be a top 15 back, top 16 back for sure this year. I'm very confident in that. Problem is, is eh, it's Javante getting hurt. He is currently running back 33. Now, Jaleel McLaughlin got stole the touchdown two weeks ago for no reason. Other Javante ran it down. McLaughlin got the touchdown. And then he scored 19 points here. You take those 26 points from Javante or from McLaughlin, put him on Javante. All right. And Javante Williams is RB 13 right now. I'm sorry, 14. I get news. You can't just do that. Well, you can. You, I mean, yeah, it doesn't count, but you know that production is Javante. Everyone knows that. Right. Last week, Javante Williams touched, touched the ball. He had three catches in five. He played, ran eight plays, five touches. That's insane. He was ready. Those points were his. You want to take the touchdown away? Fine. Give Javante the other 20 points for this season or 19 points, whichever one you want. And instead of RB 13, you're looking at he's RB 18. Much better result, right? Much better result. Nevertheless. So my record overall, this is hilarious. That's right. Yes, yeah, right. it has to be. Uh, unless my math is wrong, you guys could correct me. 28 and 28. <laughs> Shit, it feels a lot better, though. Because I'm on pace in 10 leagues. I think the one in threes would draw a bunch of people out. And three of my leagues being one in three, 500 or better in seven out of 12. I mean, I'm ecstatic about it, to be honest, because I, I do think the season has not started out even close to what I want. Right. I know things are going to go wrong. Got fucked on Javante. Najee Harris got fucked several times. Jamar Chase. I I don't really have a lot of chase, but he started out bad. I've got Joe Burrow, and I know two of my leagues. Starting quarterback hasn't started out well. So, I mean, there's a Kadarius Tony, a guy I was pretty big on. I had hoped if he was healthy, I'd be starting him, right? I thought 5 to 11 starts on the season for Tony. I don't know why he's not getting more snaps at this point. He's announced as a starter. Every primetime game, it's baffling to me. But I'm still optimistic on him. I know people hate it, but I'm, I know what I'm doing and I don't back down and neither should you 28, 28 to start the season. So let's go through an exercise. I want to talk about the top fantasy point scores through four weeks last year. I love this exercise because I think it could frame a lot of things and put it in perspective for us. Right? So if we start a quarterback, for instance, um, Going into week five, this is something else that one of my favorite things ever. I love going back and looking at waiver wire articles, all that kind of stuff from even trending. We have a great article that our amazing crew, Armando Marsal, Rich Maletto, Tyler Beaker, Russell Clay, they really crush it in our trend, roster trends, essentially, article that we do at fantasyguru.com. I love going back, looking at that. I love looking at that. I love the weekly recaps that I always did, but Armando Marsala is now doing them. 
at fantasyguru.com. I love it because it puts things in perspective, what we thought after a certain amount of time. And after four weeks of last season, anybody want to venture a guess on who the hottest quarterback in the nation was, the biggest pickup, who everybody was singing the praises of? It'll blow your fucking minds. And it's not that long ago we should all remember. If you listen to the SiriusXM show, you already know. Most of this I said on the XM show already. It was Carson Wentz. You motherfuckers could not get enough Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz was QB nine through four games last year. You want to know a secret? He was QB seven, six through five weeks. He had a big week five. People love that motherfucker. He was out of football three weeks later. Well, after he was after week six, out of football, came back, end of the season, played a little bit, dog shit. Now out of the league. He was the hot name. Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, none of them finished in the top 13 at the position. Lamar was number one. Allen, number two, Hertz, Mahomes, Goff, Kyler Murray, Herbert, Burrow, Wentz. Do you know Smith? He hang on. He held on. Tua, Derek Carr was the top 12 quarterback. Finished 17th at the position. Meanwhile, Tom Brady was 18th going into week five. He finished 12th. Aaron Rodgers was 21st. He finished 13th. Daniel Jones was 13th. He finished 9th. Trevor Lawrence was 15th. He finished 7th. Kirk Cousins was 8th. In 16th, best quarterback only through four weeks, he finished eighth. All right. So, again, and that's the most stable position. It gets a hell of a lot better, everybody. Trust me on that. It gets a hell of a lot better. We, we look at the running back position. All right. Running backs through four weeks last year. Number The first three are very easy. Okay. Saquon Barkley, Nick Chubb, Austin Eckler. Finished fifth, sixth, and first, respectively. But the number four running back, everybody had to get him going into week five last year. Do you know who it was? Clyde Edwards-Alaire. <laughs> Finished his RB46. Kablamo. Completely fucking out. Completely out. Christian McCaffrey was fifth. He finished second. Not on the same team, though. Miles Sanders was ninth. He finished 15th. Not terrible. James Robinson was running back 11, finished running back 50. He scored, I believe, eight more points for the whole season. Cordero Patterson was a RB1 after four weeks. And you know it because some of you motherfuckers were singing his praises, trying to, I told you, Cordero Patterson, I told you, I told you. Same motherfuckers trying to tell me shit this year. I told you, I told you. Why did you do? Why didn't you believe in him? Because I'm here forever. Patterson finished RB 32. Khalil Herbert was running back 13. He finished RB 41. Damian Pierce is RB 14. He finished RB 27. Brees Hall was RB 17, finished 48th last year. Damian Harris was RB 18 after four weeks, finished 48. I mean, good grief. Meanwhile, other guys, Dalvin Cook was RB25 after four weeks, finished RB11. 
Ramondre Stevens was RB27, finished seventh best running back. It's a league winner, wasn't it? You guys know. Tony Pollard was a league winner. He was RB37 going into week five. Finished RB8. Travis Etienne, off the spectrum. RB40 at this point last year. Finished RB17. David Montgomery just told you. He was with the Bears. Khalil Herbert had a couple big games early. Montgomery got hurt. He was RB47 going into week five. Ended up RB24. Jarek McKinnon was RB51. Finished RB20. Right? Uh, Tyler Algier, RB56 at this point last year. Finished 29th. Major help closing out championships. Alvin Kamara was RB62 after four weeks. He was RB16 on the whole season. Kenneth Walker didn't even factor in. Kenneth Walker had 13 points in four the first four weeks of last year. Finished RB18. James Cook had 11 fucking fantasy points. Was the 70th highest running back last year going into week five. Wound up finishing 44th, 105 points for James Cook. So again, you see both sides of the spectrum. Guys who were doing amazing fell off the face of the earth. Guys who sucked ass the first four weeks rose to the top. Because that's what champions do. That's what great players, great men, great women, great athletes, great everything. Everybody great succeeds over the long haul. We want to give credit so easily to people that do one thing one time. Don't give them credit. They don't deserve it. They don't deserve our fucking credit. Going into week five last year, you know who was the the best player? Not in, not at wide receiver. In all of fantasy football by a good margin. Think you have to remember. Maybe you've forgotten about Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup was fire. He had 27 points a game through four weeks. 27 points per game. Justin Jefferson averaged 21 last year. He was our wide receiver one. Jefferson was wide receiver four going into week five, so he didn't follow. Cup, Diggs, Tyreek Hill, Justin Jefferson, Jalen Waddell. Those were your top five. They hung on pretty strong. Pretty fucking strong. Um, how about number six? Number six last year is Marquise Hollywood. What's your dream, Brown? Yeah, Marquise Brown was wide receiver six through four weeks. Where did he finish? Wide receiver 44. And you know what? He By the way, he had 30 more points for the season. Marquise Brown. Oh, I'm sorry. He actually had... Uh, 60 more points for the season. My bad. Quick math didn't check out. Uh, Mark, and here, do, do not do this. What well, I know what some of you are saying, but he got hurt. He returned from injury. You're just making my point stronger. That is the point. That is all of the point. That is what this exercise is. Whatever, insert your excuse here. Doesn't fucking matter. The point is what was then, which is now, will what is not at the end and will not be at our end. It's the same thing. After week 18, we're going to look back and be like, oh, shit, can you believe we're all on insert player's name here? 
CJ Stroud, Puka Nakoa, Devin A-Chain, possibly, even though I like both of those guys. I mean, there's a lot of fluff within our point totals right now. And if you don't see it, that's the problem. Cortland Sutton was a top 12 receiver at this time last year. He was wide receiver 11. He finished behind Marquise Hollywood Brown in points last year. Oh, no, he was he was right ahead of 43. Curtis Samuels, wide receiver 15 at this time last year. Fell off the face of the earth. Wide receiver 33 in the season. Right? I mean, there's so much. Josh Reynolds was a top 24 guy. Corey Davis was top 25. Devin Duvernay was 26. Noah Brown was 29, a wide receiver three. Matt Collins. Isaiah McKenzie. Greg Dorched. Remember Greg Dorch? Remember how good he was early last season? Fell off of a planet. Greg Dorch finished wide receiver 60 on the year. Scored 30 more points all the rest of the season. Weeks 5 through 18. Crazy talk. Meanwhile, there were others that did the opposite. Guys like Christian Watson... Y'all loved him. Christian Watson was wide receiver 83 through four weeks last year. Chris Godwin was wide receiver 82. George Pickens, six, wide receiver 66. Jacoby Myers, wide receiver 64. TJ Moore, wide receiver 51. All these guys became wide receiver twos or threes for you on the season. All of them. They're all good assets. And they were off the spectrum. And it, it, if you had the same approach last year as you did this year, then you said about every struggling guy or every successful player, you thought it would last forever. And thus you tried to invest in them or did invest in them. And every player that wasn't successful, you thought was dead and buried. Admit it. Admit it. And the ones you held with, the ones you sold high on and bought low on, those are some of these like Christian Watson and Pickens and some of these guys, they were your best calls. That's the ones you pat yourselves on the back, and rightfully so. You should pat yourself. We all should pat It's fucking not easy to do. Get a wide receiver 83 who finishes in the top 30. It's not fucking easy. Those are the moves. So keep your eye focused on that prize. That's what we have to look at. That's what we need to look at going forward. That's how we win. It's the only way we win. 4-0 and teams, they're just ripe for the takedown. They get fat and lazy, man. It's that 1-3 and three team. Something great about it. Something great about being 1-3 and three right now. It's just, it, it just is delectable. Nobody's expecting anything. They don't. They look at your record. They don't think your team is much. But you know what? Are you one, you're one in three? Why? Here's an exercise. Talk about this all the time. Where do you rank in total points? Because that's a whole different ball game, isn't it? That's a whole different game, right? I mean, 
where it, how many points have you scored? It's four weeks. You could have run into a real easy schedule. Maybe you're last, but you're three and one somehow. Maybe you're zero and four, but you're third in points. Just unlucky. That shit gets different. That shit spreads it out. That shit gets right. Both sides. You wind up losing games where you do score. Being 4-0 and not leading the league in points is the scariest thing in the world. Because then what do you do? Then you're going to watch yourself die slowly. And you're going to have better weeks, or you hope, and you're still going to get beat. Shit levels off. So look at that, do that exercise. And if you're in the top half of your league, that's why a lot of the, or a couple of leagues I do, I mentioned them, give those extra win total for those who are consistently in the top half of the league in wins. Where do you rank in total points? Which teams have you played? Here's the biggest thing. If you're struggling right now, 22.2% of the season, it's just, it's, it's so minuscule. It's fucking ridiculous. But if you're struggling, and this goes, by the way, the 22.2% is DFS, betting. Like, honestly, for DFS and betting, because we play well all the way to the Super Bowl, it's less than that. Realistically, we've played, what, 20%? Less than that, 22 weeks? Fuck, man. Or 18%, 17%. Good easy. That's a lot more to go. But here's the thing. This is the key going into week five. Have you had problems? A couple of minutes ago, I chuckled about not starting Puka Nakoa, not starting Devon A-Chain, A-Chan, whatever we're calling them these days. And you guys probably are like, oh, you're just, what, you're fucking crazy. No. You, anybody ever seen the movie Eight Mile? I know something you don't know. Uh, and I know something about you. You went to Crestwood. That's a private school. And your real name is Clarence. And Clarence's parents have a real nice marriage. Aw. Bye weeks are here. Have you made the wrong start sits? Did you stick with Javante or Najee Harris too long? Did you not start H or Nicoa or... Somebody like that. Is that is that why you got an extra loss or two? Because, baby, that's the greatest. That's exactly where why you want to be. Because now the rest of these motherfuckers, the 4-0 teams, 3-1 teams, majority of them, they're either got really lucky on some start sets or they have one of those teams that just has that great lineup. They just got like nobody hits on 16, 18, 20 picks. That doesn't, those teams don't exist, which is why I hate trades and waiver moves and all that shit. Cause I want to go toe to toe, just starts and sits. Personally, I don't want anybody else with variant lucking into good moves and bullshit. But most of the teams that start out really well are those teams that have a really good set, whatever, seven, eight, nine, however many star 10 lineup spots. They have a really good setup. Thus, they're consistent. So what's going to happen for the next uh, 11 weeks, 10 weeks? Because week 12, there's no buy. 
You're going to take players off of them. Bing, 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 bing. All of a sudden, you get some natural regression. You get one of their guys taken away. You get lower waiver priority. You get less free agent acquisition dollars. And all of a sudden, shit gets real. That's why every season I've been on national radio for 13 years, Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. And I swear every single year, you know, I don't know. Some of those early years were a blur. I used to get in trouble. Everyone yell at me, program directors, all that stuff. But since then, I know after the first four weeks, every year, uh, callers, Jeff, Owen four needs some help. Here's what we got to do. Sometimes we said, well, shit, we got to blow this up. This team ain't it. This is how we can get better. This is what we can do. Waiver move, trade, bench this guy, start this guy. We try to do some moves. But the majority of the time, teams are good. Teams are very good. It's just on the bad side of matchups and points and things like that. Stick with it. Tweak a, a one lineup spot here and there. But if you're one of those teams that have had trouble with your starts and sits and every week you got six guys to choose from for your last two spots or eight guys for two spots, well, that shit's going to clear up nice and smooth here. And thus you, by natural progression, are going to get more efficient in your lineup setting. And thus your teams are going to get sharper. That's the way this goes. All right? So hang in there. One and three on pace for a championship. 0-4, we got one. We got to make up a game. We got to make up one game in the next eight weeks. So next eight weeks, you got to either go, you know, you, you got to go two and two and then four and oh, or you got to go three and one and three and one, whatever it is. You got one extra game. You got to catch up to. You can do it. Trust me on that. I mean, last week I did the fantasy football depth chart for you guys. And I promise you I'll do wide receivers and tight ends. I did quarterbacks and running backs last week. So we'll get into wide receivers and tight ends here this week. I did update it a little bit. Um, I'll whip through the quarterbacks real quick. Yeah, I'll just remind everybody where we stand. The Now, the point of the depth chart is this. You want, when I say quarterback ones, running back one, quarterback one means that you want one of these 12 quarterbacks and you start them every single week. If you happen to have two of them, if you gold mine, but start the one that's higher on the food chain. That's the way you do it. Don't move. Don't play matchups. Just play the the quarterback one. That goes for the tight ends too. Don't mix and match tight ends. If you have a tight end one, start them every single week. And some of the bottom ones, of course, you're going to have to deal with terrible weeks. But that's the only way you're going to get their good weeks and balance it out. That's the only way it works. With running backs, you want one running back one, one running back two. And then if your two starting running backs are both RB1s, you're ahead of the competition. That's your matchup advantage every single week. With wide receivers, I'll go through wide receivers ones, twos, and threes. Top 36, essentially. Ideally, you want to have one wide receiver one, one wide receiver two, one of the wide receiver threes. Now, obviously, it doesn't always work out that way. Maybe you have two in the ones and one in the threes. That still works. Maybe you don't have a wide receiver one, but you got three in the wide receiver twos. That will work. Right? If you have one in the wide receiver two and two in the threes, that's not going to work. 
got some work you got to that's how you know where you need to get better at all right quarterback ones no changes uh let me see i don't think i don't think there are any changes from last week mahomes hurts josh allen herbert joe burrow yeah yeah right in your fucking faces good god so many people freaking out don't get rid of joe burrow man <laughs> or do it you know what i mean what do i care I mean, it's your fucking team. Yours. Don't do it if you'd like to win. But if you want me giggling like a schoolgirl at you in week 15, 16, then go ahead and let, let him go. Tua Tonga Vailoa, six. Lamar Jackson, seven. Trevor Lawrence, eight. Kirk Cousins, nine. Jared Goff, 10. Russell Wilson, 11. Deshaun Watson, 12. Justin Fields is the next one, is the number one quarterback, too. Had a great game against the Broncos, but it's, it's a lost season there. Jordan Love. Is uh what or QB two number two Daniel Jones? I still got him as the third quarterback two, even though what a miserable Monday night game he had. Dak Prescott, Anthony Richardson. Some will say Anthony Richardson should move up. No, I've seen this a thousand times. A thousand young quarterback comes in, can't throw the ball, so all he does is run, picks up some touchdowns. You take away the touchdown runs. And Anthony Richardson is a bottom five fantasy quarterback. You can't live on it, man. It's great. Like my son eating sweet tarts. I'm like, you better eat your fucking dinner. Why? Why don't I just eat sweet tarts? Because it doesn't have a good ending. I know what that is. It's called diabetes. Wilford Brindley, diabetes. I'm Wilford Brindley to talk about diabetes. Don't do it. Don't eat sweet tarts. Matt Stafford, six. Geno Smith, seven. Brock Purdy, eight. Jimmy Garoppolo, nine. Derek Carr, 10. Kyler Murray, 11. And CJ Stroud, 12. Yeah, I'm not moving CJ Stroud up any further. He's moved up into the top 24, which is very good. Running backs, it's still the elite. McCaffrey, B. John Robinson, Tony Pollard, Saquon Barkley, Mixon, Aaron Jones, Eckler, who should be back after the bye. Kenneth Walker, it gets hairy down here. Josh Jacobs, Derrick Henry, Jerome Ford. Now, I did move Alvin Kamara into one, running back one status over ETN, um, and I think that's – everybody saw why. I mean, 13 catches, but that's not going to be normal. But at the same time, he's just got the role all to himself. ETN running is uh, running back 2.1. Miles Sanders is the second. DeAndre Swift. These are all running back twos. Jonathan Taylor could be back this week. We'll see. By the time this podcast, you may, if you're listening on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, who the fuck knows? We know the status of Jonathan Taylor. Not a great matchup for he or Zach Moss, but I have him there for now. David Montgomery is fifth. Could move Montgomery in. He is close. Like the only thing doesn't catch passes, and we know Gibbs' role will grow. That's the neutralism. On that, Ramondre Stevenson six, James Connor seventh, James Cook eighth, Devon Achain moves in to the nine. I mean, this last week told me that the Dolphins really do believe in Achain. They really do, not just using him because of a blowout and all that, because they're just identified a weakness. But uh, this is this is the real deal. It's why I drafted him in so many places. So one running back two there, Kyron Williams, 10. Oh, I'm sorry, Kyron Williams, nine. A-chain is RB uh, 
Brian Robinson, 11, Najee Harris, 12. Okay. Now let's look at the wide receiver position. This is, you can use this as rest of your rankings. It's not rankings though. I fucking hate that kind of shit. Cause it's not true. Every week, these guys, this is their value. This is what they're worth. And some of you all agree and some of you won't just like normal, but this, this is my formula that I've used forever. And it's, won me everything, every literally millions of dollars. So I would just follow. Don't fight, by the way. Yeah, You know what? That gets me. But what do I have to prove? Could anybody tell me what that? I know oh, you're so cocky and pompous. But shouldn't I be? What else do I have to do? Is anybody? There's not been other people in the world. There are more successful fantasy analysts. Has any of them won what I've won? High stakes championships? DFS live finals? DFS cash? DFS GPPs? Bets? Documented? Been on the air? National audience? Owned multiple websites? Built Fantasy Alarm? Built Fantasy... Well, I didn't build Fantasy Guru. I took Fantasy Guru over. I mean, what, what the fuck else? Like, can you just give me a little bit of credit? Maybe I do know what I'm doing. I get it. You guys like to shop around. You like to look at other, hear other people's advice. There's nothing wrong with that. I, I welcome it. But don't come questioning my shit. My shit is sound. My shit is airtight, tight butthole. Not, I'm like a fucking dolphin's butthole. Nothing gets out of that sound, bitch. Nothing. Wide receiver, I'm a dolphin's butthole. Uh, uh, wide receivers, that's a good one. Justin Jefferson's one, Tyree Kill two, Jamar Chase is three. <laughs> no, Jamar Chase ain't doing well. <laughs> Jeff, Jamar Chase is bad. He had a bad week. <laughs> Grow up. Grow up, man. Give me all of your Jamar Chases. Give me all the shares in the world that you want to dump off of Jamar Chase. Oh, no, he's wide receiver 20. Oh, no. Doesn't have a touchdown. Wah. <laughs> Jamar Chase. People are worried about Jamar Chase out of their fucking minds. Guy is sixth in targets. He's, what, sixth in receptions. It's lower on receiving yards, though. I think he's like 15th or 16th. But he hasn't caught a touchdown. Wah. He's wide receiver three. Stefan Diggs, four. A.J. Brown, five. Devontae Adams, six. I I fell in love with Devontae Adams all over again. Coming back from that shoulder injury last week, he's just a warrior. Just an absolute warrior. Adams is sixth. Keenan Allen, seventh. Amon Ross St. Brown, I'm on God. Wide receiver, eight. Now, here's where it gets. Cooper Cup is ninth. As of this broadcast, this recording, I know the Cooper Cup news is going to change throughout the week. He's either going to be ruled out or ruled in by the time most of you listen. It's not a great matchup against the Eagles, but either way, we'll know a little bit more. The thing that the news I could use right now is that everything says his injury wasn't nearly as bad as originally thought, probably didn't need to go onto the IR, possibly could have pushed and played last week, possibly even by week number two. I'm sorry, three. 
kept them out for those protective reasons, but they're comfortable. They want to be make sure. They don't have to rush him back, though, because of how good Puka Nakoa is doing in that relationship. But I'm telling you, this shit is going to get real when Cup comes back. Is either Cup is not going to get anything or Nakoa isn't going to get anything. I'd bet on Cup at this point, though I'm not completely ruling out Puka. He's been that degree of fantastic. But that's why I got Cooper Cup 9 as a wide receiver 1 because that upside, I mean, I don't care what your record is. 0-4, I mean, you, if you get Cooper Cup back, you're fucking golden. It's like my team's, Alvin Kamara is not even a third of the value Cooper Cup is, quite frankly. And I feel like I got Hercules back in a, in a game of tug of war, right? I'm like, oh, this is fantastic. C.D. Lamb, wide receiver 10. I'm extremely disappointed with C.D. Lamb this year. I know he caught a touchdown this past week. I just am. He's wide receiver 12, but I don't know how. He's just been very, very blah. But wide receiver 10. DK Metcalf, wide receiver 11. And the last spot is, I think there's 11 absolute number one alpha receivers. And then the 12th one is tough. But it's Amari Cooper for me. Number one, it's Watson will be fine after the bye. They have a bye early. That means the rest of the year, you don't have to worry about it. I really love this because I had Nick Chubb on several teams, a lot of teams. And I love getting that bye week out of the way early. Certain positions like quarterback and tight end, I don't like the bye week till late, right, with those positions. But with running backs and receivers, I like to get them out of the way early because I I don't want to be in a must-win situation week 13 or 14. By the way, there's eight teams, eight teams, sixth of the league out because of, I'm sorry, 25% of the league, fourth of the league. Uh are out the final two weeks, thir- week 13 and 14. It's a lot, a lot of teams. It's going to affect a lot of playoff matchups, man. A lot of them. So Amari Cooper is my wide receiver 12, the final wide receiver one. The top one uh, wide receiver twos, Debo Samuel. I understand that I'm the only person that values Debo Samuel correctly because I do value him correctly. It was a miserable Last week, did it have to do with his ribs or knee? Possibly. He's had three carries for no reason. But you put up, he has 28 touches on the season. Fifth best in the National Football League. I mean, keep giving Debo touches and good things are going to happen. Mike Evans, uh, wide receiver two, number two. Devontae Smith, wide receiver two, number three. Jalen Waddell, see some of these secondary guys on their own team. Jalen Waddell, wide receiver two, number four. Michael Pittman, he, Pittman has elevated. Michael Pittman's been very productive. He's only wide receiver uh, 19 on the season so far, but he's eighth in targets. He's uh, 10th in receptions. You know, he's hasn't had any massive yard. It was a little disappointing this past week. But Michael Pittman's been very productive, right? Not a ton of yards, but in PPR leagues, 
It's just, uh, I think the Colts defense, the perimeter defense is so bad. We're going to have to see a lot of throws. The problem with Pittman is he needs that volume because Anthony Richardson sucks at throwing the football. That's the biggest issue. Calvin Ridley is number six, wide receiver two, number six. I like Ridley. Volume's going down to Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk is not giving ground and big touchdown for Ridley revenge game last week. That was it. Caught two pass the whole game. That was a very disappointing showing against the soft, softer secondary that he's familiar with. But I still, we know what his value is. Chris Olave's fallen. He's in the wide receiver uh, two, number seven, 2.7 on the list. That makes it what 19 overall doesn't have a touchdown yet. Michael Thomas is still banging away. Quarterback situations, not great with Derek Carr's shoulder. It's a slow plotting offense. Camaro's back. Uh, just kind of, this is where the value of wide receivers falls off pretty dramatically, right? Now, now we're getting into guys that are somewhat disappointed. They're not every week bona fides. DeAndre Hopkins, wide receiver, a 2.8. And I don't like Hopkins. Very much. I don't know what's happening with him in Tennessee. They are not, he's not running a lot of routes, not on the field a lot. I don't really understand any of that. I don't know why they're not doing it. Now he's still, see, 21st in targets. You know what I mean? So, I mean, he's still productive when he's out there. It's just there's something weird. He's not practicing late in the weeks on Fridays. It's just, I don't know. But we'll put him there. T. Higgins is ninth, and he would have been higher. Uh, T. Higgins would be ahead of Pittman. He would have been right in the Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle tier, uh, four or five spaces up, if not for the cracked rib. We don't know how this is going to affect him. People are saying he has a chance to play at Arizona. We hope he does. But it's been a bad season for Higgins in a contract year, and you can't think that may not be sort of parallel entities, right? Wide receiver two, number 10, DJ Moore. Don't sleep on DJ Moore. Goodbye, low player right now. Goodbye, low. The Bears have the Bears are so fucking bad. So bad. They have nowhere else to go. Moore is 14th in yards, by the way. Like DJ Moore, for however, didn't do well. He's wide receiver 14 on the year. Not doing poorly at all. And the Bears defense being bad means they have to throw more. And DJ Moore is the only game in town. Don't sleep on DJ Moore. Zay Flowers, speaking of the only game in town, these other two, Rashad Bateman and Odell Beckham, are the biggest vaginas in professional football right now. Terrible. Zay Flowers is the guy, the, the receiver, and this top 24 guy for me going forward. Wide receiver, 23 overall, 2.11. And I at the second receiver, now this is where my formula is, get you know they cross up because two things probably aren't true here puka nakoa is wide receiver 2.12 puka is a wide receiver one going forward if cooper cup's not in with cooper cup in he's likely a deep three maybe even high four because we don't know how, what those routes are going to be replaced with. Tutu Atwell kind of runs his own thing. So Puka, like, 
Puka's surviving on a ton of volume right now. And so right now he's wide receiver 24, but I which side of that? I wouldn't want to buy Puka Nakoa right now because that is his value. But I also wouldn't sell him because obviously the upside is a an elite number one. So that's not where I want to be. So that's a dangerous player right now. If you have him, hold him. Be okay benching him, but don't get rid of him because a lot of people are going to come calling. And they're basically just praying for a Cooper Cup injury or aggravation. Wide receiver three, number one, Garrett Wilson. Don't forget about Garrett Wilson. Everyone hates Garrett Wilson. Like him a lot more with Zach Wilson than I did with Aaron Rodgers. I do. Wide, uh, Garrett Wilson is wide receiver 25 on the se- 26 on the season. I got him here as wide receiver 25 the rest of the way. And I think he could easily, uh, I have a lot more confidence in him than Hopkins, Higgins, Zay Flowers, Puka. Like you think he's more stable, but he grades out at the highest end wide receiver three. Christian Kirk is right behind Garrett Wilson. Christian Kirk has made his run. Trevor Lawrence likes Christian Kirk. It was a great first week for Ridley. Kirk was gone, but ever since then, it's been the Kirk show, especially the last two weeks. He's he's an every-week starter. Cortland Sutton, wide receiver 3.3. Cortland Sutton's wide receiver 25 right now. has three touchdowns on the year, which is helping carry him because only 216 yards. But listen, the Denver Broncos defense sucks ass. And when your defense sucks ass to this regard, that's what it's going to – you're going to throw the ball a lot. You're going to have to. Good news for Sutton. Terry McLaurin, wide receiver, 3.4. Brandon Ayuk, 3.5. Jacoby Myers, love Myers when you, with uh, Jimmy Garoppolo back, which he will be this week on Monday Night Football. Wide receiver, 3.6. Romeo Dobbs, right there at 3.7. I personally, I like Dobbs all the way next to Wilson. I think he's the second best if this was just my personal – feeling list. Actually, I, I may even put him as a wide receiver too. I, he's right there with Zay Flowers for me. I have ultra confidence in Dobbs, but grades out as wide receiver 31. Wide receiver 31. 3.7. Jerry Judy, 3.8. Again, same reasons as Cortland Sutton. George Pickens is 3.9, even though Pickens would have to take a demotion if Kenny Pickett gets replaced at quarterback. And it looks like the knee injury isn't bad, but I think he should be replaced anyway. Pickett's the worst quarterback in the NFL right now. The worst, number one worst, Kenny Pickett. Drake London. People may not like that. I get it. Drake London is the alpha in the Falcons passing game. Well, the Falcons don't pass very much. That's absolutely true. Absolutely true, but... When they do, it goes to Drake London. I don't always drink beer, but when I do, I go to Drake London. He's the dos equis of fantasy wide receivers. All right. Chris Godwin, wide receiver, 3.11. Um, finally had a, a little bit better of a game this past week. It had been really quiet and slow. Still hasn't caught a touchdown himself. But he's wide receiver. All right, God, look at this. Look at how great this is. He's wide receiver 35 on the season. And where do I have him? 35. Look at me. Go, Jeff, man. Go, Jeff, man. Josh Palmer of the Chargers is the final wide receiver. 
top 36 locked in right there. Uh, I'm running out of time. I will whip through the tight ends real quickly. I still got my bet of the week survivor pool, uh, best matchup. Shit. I got a lot to do. Uh, I've talked a lot about these players. Hopefully you guys learn something and understand a little bit more when I'm going through these helps you build the roster. I think roster management is important at this stretch of the season too. So I don't mind spending the time on it. Um, by the way, wide receivers that narrowly missed the cut, Christian Watson, Adam Thielen, Jahan Dotson, Deontay Johnson, Michael Thomas, Tyler Lockett, Tank Dell, Nico Collins, right next to Tank Dell. Uh, Tutu Atwell, Rasheed Rice, Odell Beckham, Gabe Davis, Marquise Hollywood, what's your dream, Brown? Tight end ones, duh. It's the most obvious, but Kelsey, Hawkinson, Mark Andrews. I wasn't high on him going in. I'm still not high on him. The problem with An- Andrews, the why he's number three, is George Kittle and Darren Waller have been dog shit. Just total dog shit. Andrews has been serviceable. He gets the third spot. Kittle is fourth. I know how bad it's been for Kittle, but he's George fucking Kittle. You don't have big play tight ends in this league. They don't exist. There's Travis Kelsey. You can kind of, I don't even think you could say Hawkinson's a big play tight end. He's He can make some decent plays, but he's not a big play guy. So uh, Kelsey, Hawkinson, Andrews, Kittle, Ingram, Evan Ingram. He's fucking Ingram's productive. Why tight end four right now? Doesn't have a touchdown yet. But he's still productive every week, right? Darren Waller is sixth. It was terrible Monday night. <laughs> I mean, we can't. Uh, he's healthy. Hey, there has to be a little bit better time for the Giants. Saquon Barkley coming back will be a big help to them, right? And against Miami, at least it's something. No way they can keep up offensively the rest of the way, but it's it's something. I'm trying to make it as nice as possible. Dallas Goddard, seventh. He's fallen a little bit, but when you look at routes run and participation in routes and everything else, you're like, oh, Goddard's right up there, right? Only 19 targets, only 88 yards on the season. Depth of targets been an issue for Goddard at times, but we know it's just a matter of time before that spot pops. That's why you got to keep starting them every week. Sam Laporta, eighth. I'm sure he leads all tight ends in yards right now. I think he's second in scoring uh, next to Hawkinson. I'm sure a lot of you are going to try to tell me Sam Laporta is better than every other tight end except Kelsey or maybe Hawkinson. You're wrong. He's a rookie. The regression is going to happen. You get Jameer Gibbs involved more in the passing game. You get more leads. That's more Montgomery. Jamison Williams going to take some deep throws now. It's not nearly what we've seen. Laporte has been great so far, but it's going to slide back down. He's still tight end one, and I didn't have him that going into the season. That's for sure. Tyler Higby, Jake Ferguson, Hunter Henry, Kyle Pitts round out the number ones. Fryermuth, Komet, Najoku, Ertz, Luke Musgrave, Logan Thomas, Chico Conquo, Dalton Schultz, Taysom Hill, blah. Dawson Knox, Gerald Everett, and Hayden Hurst round out all the tight end twos. Kyle Pitts, going back to him, you got to start him every week, folks. It's the worst. I understand. Where's John U. Smith? He's out producing him. Yeah, but he's not out playing him. That's the great thing about two guys on one team. You can literally tell who's the alpha. And even though the numbers, the catches, are going to John U. right now, Pitts is every bit there, and he doesn't block the way John U. does. He doesn't do any of that. Pitts are going to have some monster games. 
That's why you got to start them every week. If you drafted them, it's your own fault. It's better than any of the other dog shit out there at tight end. I will tell you that. That's the best I could do for him. Uh, best matchups in the trenches. The Lions versus the Panthers. What, the highest grade we've given thus far in uh, on my smash report. Remember, these are exclusive. My offensive line breakdowns, defensive line breakdowns, coverage matchups that you don't get these any other place than at fantasyguru.com. So that's why you got to get over there, get the DFS package. And uh, I'm trying to get our guys to put this stuff in our data section. Don't ask me why they're not there. It's above my pay grade, even though I'm, I think I'm the highest paid. I, I don't, I don't know. I don't have the information that you would want, but nevertheless, uh, it is a, a smash matchup for sure with the lions over the Carolina Panthers this week. Um, elsewhere, we've got second best Vikings versus the Chiefs. How about that? Now, there's a surprise. Did not anticipate the Minnesota Vikings being a top offensive line grade, but they really are. And I'll tell you, you could run against the Chiefs. You can run against them. It's uh, it's interesting. I'll, I'll tell you that. Alexander Madison uh, Ray Flowers and I talked about it on Wednesday's show. I think that Alexander Madison's a tremendous buy low guy right now. Cam Akers is not a threat. The Vikings finally get a win only when they didn't pass 75% of the time. Passing as much as they do isn't going to get them wins. They're a 51.8 in the trenches advantage on a scale of negative 100 to positive 100 plus 51. That's insane. Second highest Dolphins over the Giants, 46. I'm sorry, Vikings, I'm sorry, was second, 49.63. Dolphins, 46.17 advantage over the Giants. And then the Falcons, a 41 advantage over the Texans. Look for B. John Robinson to go nuts in this matchup. Our best coverage matchups overall, Bengals against the Broncos. Look for Jamar Chase. T. Higgins, if he plays to feast the Titans versus the Indianapolis Colts, yeah, it is. This is a week I'm the optimizer lineups used DeAndre Hopkins. They had the shittiest lineup you'll ever see in your life, but they got McCaffrey in somehow and he got 41 points. Fucking nuts. I like DeAndre Hopkins a ton this week. I really do against that Colt. Secondary, And then the Eagles against the Rams. I suppose that's not a big shocker. Um, Let me do this. I'm going to give best bet of the week. So one thing I hate is that the lines and the props just completely moving so crazy from the time I record this until the start of the week. So at least for this week, I'm going to try. I'm going to give you Thursday night bets on the podcast because this is a game we are getting injury reports. You know, we know a lot more than we do about these other games. Um, I know a lot about the bears. So obviously, and the commanders. So here's what I'm doing. Hmm. My final bet is this. Okay. Here's something I'll tell everybody. Khalil Herbert. Do not fall for it. Do not fall for it. What do you know about head coaches and their running back usage on Sunday before Thursday game? 
you know, I fell for it week one. Swift. Remember when we thought DeAndre Swift was out, outcast in Philadelphia? Turned out he's the lead guy because they played Thursday the next week. They saved him. That's why Herbert got all that run. Now, Herbert was great against the Broncos. He'll get the start. He'll get the lion's share of the carries. But give me Roshan Johnson. I'm going to do one massive bet for this one. I'm going to go Chicago Bears plus 13 and a half points. Under 50 and a half total points in this game to lockdowns. And I'm going Roshan Johnson, 25 plus rushing yards for the Chicago Bears. That is a plus 120 bet right now. So Roshan plus 25 plus rushing yards, Bears plus 13 and a half, and the under 50 and a half. I will tell you, Washington should stomp out Chicago, obviously. Ron Rivera hates Chicago Bears. They did him wrong, yada, yada, yada. Um, the Bears are going to be competitive. I am pretty, as we sit here now, I think the Bears upset Washington. I think they have a very good chance to. Uh, who knows? how it finishes. I'm begging that they don't, but here's the thing. The coaching is such a problem that I actually think the bears put some points on the board. They put some points on the board and the Washington game last year was the one that turned Justin Fields entire fucking career around. It was miserable in the first half. Got to go in the second half of that game. And just the rest of the season who's fantastic for whatever reason. I think that, the Bears will likely lose, but the upset is right there. A seven-point spread's, you know, smart. It's what Vegas should do, but I think the Bears keep it closer. And 13.5 points is pretty doable. And I don't think there's going to be a ton of points scored. Don't believe in the Washington offense outside the run game, which slows down the clock. And I don't think the, Bear, the Bears will put points up. But this is a game that's probably going to be 2016, 2014. One to like maybe even 24 to 18, 24, 21, maybe something like that. So I think we're safe with the under 50 and a half. So there you go. Survivor picks this week. Uh, it's got to be Miami. Miami's just too easy. It's a layup. Detroit is a solid secondary option. This Carolina Panther team is just awful right now. And you know, there's just they're awful. There's no other way to say it. Can't play on either side of the ball. Bryce Young just simply ain't it yet. I don't care how much they say they believe in him and they want to get a receiver. None of that matters. But I, I like Miami over the Giants. The Giants are fucking dead. And not only are they dead, this matchup is the you couldn't have a worse matchup in Miami with high flying. I mean, you don't have the speed in the secondary. Giants could stop to run okay. You don't have the speed on defense with for either even a chain, Mostert, Waddle, Tyreek. You don't, I mean, this they're gonna get blitzed out of the fucking water. They are gonna lose this game by 20 points. And on defense, if the Giants do what they did last week, where they everything is dink and dunk around the line of scrimmage, Vic Fangio is going to have his defensive backs sit on routes and pick six all freaking day. I don't think it gets better in a Dolphin defense either this week. I mean, it does, but safer. But I think from a high standpoint, uh, an upside, I guess we'll call it standpoint, Dolphins. So they're my survivor team. 
If you already used him, then Detroit would be my fallback. All right, folks, that is going to do it for this episode. Number 176. Boy, we went over my hour designated time. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Hopefully you, uh, you got a lot out of this one. I tried to keep some of the fluff out of this. This was intentional. I didn't want to bitch. I know I bitch a lot about people and things, and I do try to motivate you all. I do talk about the psychological side of it. Uh, I wanted to keep to football on this one. I'm not going to always do that because, you know, we need to hear the things we need to hear. And some of the lessons are important to our greater good, which is what the show is all about. Once again, I want to thank all of you for downloading, subscribing, liking, favoriting this show. If you could share it with a friend, tell a friend who likes sports or likes football about it. I would most appreciate that, everybody. We've got a lot of great stuff coming up. Don't forget to get to fantasyguru.com NBA season. I'm going to be throwing bets in. Uh, I love the Wednesday type slates, maybe the Thursday slates, although not during the football season. I'll be Wednesday probably betting NBA. Uh, and But Justin Fetzerman, Armando Marsal, our, our guy Scott Bonder and Chris Rose and the whole gang, just so good basketball minds. It's great. We even got seasonal rankings up over at fantasyguru.com. For those of you interested in that and the NHL season, I don't know if it gets better than Ryan Clifford or Hey Pucks. Our NHL team is second to none either. So get over there, check it out. And if you're NFL sub, remember support at fantasyguru.com. Just say you want to go VIP platinum and boom, we got you covered 50% off at least 50% off the upgrade pricing to get VIP platinum. That's for everything folks. So get over there and fucking do it. Tell Ted, I told you it's fine. That is what uh, my demands are. I want everybody in for basketball season, everybody in for hockey season. I need to show how good this team we have at fantasyguru.com really is with betting and DFS and just pure sport analysis in the great community at that as well follow me at jeff underscore mans on twitter the jeff mans facebook instagram snapchat and on tiktok big thanks to our producer sean engel who always does an amazing job getting this podcast out and to the masses and edited makes me sound a lot smarter than i really am you may disagree with some or maybe every damn thing you heard on today's show and folks that is perfectly all right because it was just one man's opinion See you next time, everybody. Deuces!